Welcome to Gears Action Growth, shifting business culture one conversation at a time. My name is Christy Mori, and I usually join Dr. Josephine Palermo, whose superpower is to create business cultures that transform organizations team by team. Today, we have a guest, Laura Mason, and she'll be talking to us all about customer experience. Hope you get value from it. Listeners, I wanted to introduce you and you and your background. Laura Mason has had over 30 years of experience accelerating business growth through transformed customer experiences, delivering tangible results in really tough, complex environments. Laura's been leading her boutique customer experience consulting business for the past four years, where she and her team of consultants help businesses identify and deliver very real and tangible strategic and tactical improvements through a strong customer lens. And fundamental to that success is the strategic purpose and the culture of the organisation. And we've been talking a lot about those topics in this uh, podcast too. Laura is a courageous, caring and inspirational leader with experience globally and across multiple industries. And she's also a graduate of the Australian Institute of Company Directors. Uh, So well, Welcome, Laura, um, and great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much, Josephine. Uh, today, Laura will talk about the three key keys to shifting culture to allow companies to achieve their strategic intent and sustain outcomes by being clear on that strategy, prioritising and galvanising, and really delivering. So really looking forward to a fabulous discussion. Um, over to you, Laura. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you're thinking about um, that customer experience strategy and galvanizing that for organizations. Yeah. Thanks, Josephine. Look, the first thing is really being very, very clear and communicating one's strategy. And as we know, people really embrace that which they understand. And we can't expect our teams to deliver on a strategy if they don't get it. So I suppose the question is how might we articulate the strategy for the greatest understanding? And I always remind our clients, every word matters. So how you describe what it is you're shooting for is really important. And I think, you know, a few things come to mind. We need to talk and write about the strategic intent in a language that everyone in the organisation is going to relate to and understand. And that means keeping jargon to a minimum and choosing words that don't need a two-hour presentation to explain what they mean. Everyday words that are clearly in line with the intent is normally what works the best. And then we need to communicate the hell out of it. So some people argue that for messages to land, the listener needs to hear things seven times, or maybe it's three times. I don't know, but it's multiple times, that's for sure. And it's not just a pretty poster on the wall, although that's a bit lost on most of us while we work from home, but um, it really needs to be introduced verbally and in writing at multiple opportunities, allowing for discussion, not just presentation. 
And a strategy, a customer experience strategy or any other strategy really is a living, breathing document that should be reflected on regularly um, so that we can keep it in the forefront of our minds and our people's minds. I think what some of the good things I've seen are where, lo- where leaders choose to bring the key messages of the strategy into various meetings to anchor, to remind, to reinforce and, and to support its successful execution. And, and Josephine, I'm sure you've seen this over the years as well, but if the leaders not seem to be engaged on a strategic journey, why, why would their people be? So we often see the behaviours of the leader mimicked by the people that follow them. So if the strategic intent is really important and clear, then I think team members will find it easier to talk about it with their teams and, and colleagues. Yes, I always I always give that message to leaders and I think it's it's clear and and simple but often leaders don't do this. Their job is really to communicate the strategic direction. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Commu- it's a, it's they've, they've got to feel like they're repeating themselves, right? Absolutely right. But of course, talking's not enough, is it? So um, I think the key second step is to really create the environment for that strategic success and that's all about prioritizing and galvanizing and and maybe i'll touch on both of those things yeah go ahead laura We'd, we'd love to hear that great so let's face it no business has just one priority some have multiple number ones by the way i have seen a company with three number ones which is always interesting but ultimately they're always competing priorities And in our world, we're super keen to see customer experience improve, but we know that that's got to be in tandem with financial imperatives. And actually, they work hand in hand and all have a place. Um, in, In our experience, a great customer experience improvement will often result in increased revenue or lower costs. So it's all got to be there in in balance. So the question often is how to prioritize, because we've of course got limited resources, both both people and money. And so we need to pick the big few. Um, And what I've seen work best is where companies consider the impact and the reach of their improvements and their strategies. And I often ask how many customers will the change reach and how impactful will that change be? Will the customers really feel it? So maybe if I can share an example. Um, If your ordering process is cumbersome and convoluted, improving it will probably impact all customers when they order with you, and the impact will be pretty large. But if you're just changing the layout of a particular web page, which is only accessed by, say, 5% of your customer base on an annual basis, it might suggest a low reach and a low impact. So it's really important to ensure the limited resources we all have are spent where it matters most to your customers, to your people, and to your bottom line. Laura, just a question on that in terms of measurement. Do do companies have problems measuring that impact? Because that's often, you know, customer, it can be around customer perception as well. So is that is that a you know a difficult thing uh, to, to kind of land? I think it's a great question and we often see companies have a plethora of what people might call KPIs or key performance indicators Um, and we recommend a few key strategic measures um, that should be monitored to work out if you're actually delivering on the strategy and they might include key customer measures so we often see um, the customer feedback in terms of solicited feedback and unsolicited feedback 
that solicited feedback could be where you particularly go out and ask customers for feedback. But the unsolicited is just as important. That might be in the form of complaints, might be through social media posts. And it's the mix and the balance of both of those that give us a good sense of the customer experience. But today's technologies are so wonderful that you can also really use analytics to anticipate and predict what your customer base is going to be experiencing. So that's sort of on the customer experience measurement. But of course, your strategy should be measured with multiple metrics, but only a few of them, of course, which might include operational metrics. It might be how long it's taking to answer calls, or it might be how quickly you get things um, resolution for your customers from a duration perspective, measurements that need to be considered in different industries like compliance measurements and regulatory measurements. Um, And all of these, in our experience, need to be looked at in tandem as opposed to just looking at what most companies think to look at first, which is the financial measure. And I can imagine, Laura, that even when companies are growing, so, you know, they maybe they're, they're past that startup stage and they're, they're, they're going into a little bit more scale, that they should have these in place, right? Because it's not just larger organisations that need to be worried about this. Absolutely. So we know that many companies have more data than they know what to do with. So, of course, Many of our our clients have a lot of these metrics already there. And in fact, we often see dashboards that have 100, 150 metrics. Where to focus? So it's really looking at the strategic um, initiative and how best to measure that initiative and assigning the three or four key metrics to that initiative and really focusing on and reporting those and making them visible to everybody. Okay, so then, so then we have our strategy. We know what we want to do. We know how we're going to measure it. What's next? How do we actually deliver it? Absolutely. So if the strategy is how you'll achieve the long-term or overall goal, then you need a plan of action to deliver the tasks required for that long-term goal to be achieved. Um, but before we actually get the plan, we need to get our people on board. And that sounds simple, but it's not. And our rule of thumb is always to ask what's in it for me from the different angles. So let's take a couple of examples. If I'm a call center consultant and the strategic initiative is going to reduce how long I spend on on calls, maybe it's going to reduce the length and the complexity of some script I have to read out to our customers. Woohoo, I'm delighted. Big what's in it for me. If there's a change in policy, and you reducing how many days customers have to pay their bills or something like that, um, or increasing, it might mean less payments that are missed and less calls to my call center, and I might lose my job. Well, then I'm not so delighted with that change. But perhaps you'll direct other traffic to me when those call volumes reduce, and I get to learn some new skills, so now I'm feeling happier again. So really understanding what matters to your team members and what's in it for each person, each team, each area will help you you galvanize the attention of your teams. But we want more than attention, we want real engagement. And to keep it really interesting, you might want to really show the progress of those 
um, KPIs or measures that we just spoke about and the impact that they're having. Perhaps you want to consider some form of gamification or create some internal friendly competition or league ladders or introduce some special recognition and so on. There's, there's a whole lot you can do to keep your workforce engaged so that the execution of the strategy really does stay fresh in mind and that your people can relate to it and remain engaged. But I've probably um, sidetracked a bit because we started talking about there's a plan and you really want to deliver the initiatives that underpin the strategy with a clear plan. And Josephine, there's probably a few questions that we typically ask our clients. My favorite and first question is always, who cares? Mm -hmm. Who's accountable? So that's sometimes quite a confronting question. But if you ask a leadership team, who cares if the strategy is implemented on time? The answer, or let's face it, the silence, um, can be quite telling. So the first question is, are we clear who will lead and who will be accountable and be measured on each element of the plan? And have those people committed to the plan? Because just sharing a plan by email in my world doesn't constitute agreement. Just publishing it on the company website doesn't mean it gets done. So how formal do you need to be in gaining agreement and commitment? Then how will you track? And we've spoken about those those KPIs. Um, and who do you need to report progress to? Is it the board, the senior leadership team, just your manager? And this is all quite regardless of the method of delivery. You know, there's agile or more traditional waterfall style deliveries. Either way, progress should be tracked. And lastly, how do we ensure that the improvements are not one-off sugar hits but deeply embedded in the culture and what i've seen is some companies taking clear actions to bring that strategic plan onto everyone's agenda introduce it into how we work how we make decisions and it helps if team members are clear that the plan um, is being tracked people are being held accountable that cultural shift really has to start from the top so if team members don't see their leader being held to account why should they be held to account or hold their people to account? Exactly. That that level of accountability is so important, isn't it? Who cares and, and how, you know, what are the consequences if this doesn't happen? And I know that in an organisation we both worked at, there were huge consequences that the, the senior leadership team and the, the board really, really grasped the consequences of not getting that customer experience right to the point of it affected the the share price. So it's only until you get that consequentiality that that things start to really matter. So um, absolutely agree with you, Laura. And, and how do you get that kind of commitment though? Because I think you know we were in an we had an, an experience of that, but I see a lot of other organisations who won't commit. They're uh, either through fear or just as you said at the beginning, they're not prioritizing the customer experience in equally or, or, or over some of those other um, priorities. Yeah, um, I'll answer that in two ways, Josephine. I think what I see is um, a lack of understanding of enterprise-wide goals and how everybody has a part to play in them. People very often think of their own business unit goals and let's face it, almost all companies have some degree of silos or some degree of working in, in um, 
discrete parts of a business as opposed to sharing enterprise-wide goals. And it doesn't mean everybody's accountable for everything, but I think an understanding of the different elements of the business and how they all come together is often not there. Um, an example I'll use is we often see that um, businesses are very focused on sales and sales get new clients in the door. But of course, if the experience they get after you've sold is not good enough, they will vote with their feet and go elsewhere. So it's really important that even if you're the general manager or the executive responsible for sales, you still care about and support your colleagues in post sales and service and uh, maintenance and other things that happen downstream because those customers will stay longer, buy more, tell their friends and colleagues and and generate a lot more business for you. Um, and of course, it costs a whole lot more to acquire new customers than to keep the ones you've got. So I think it's an understanding across the enterprise of the importance and the role that all the parts of the business play to satisfy your, your customers. Um, I also think there's got to be some degree of, of what's in it for me, as I said. So the leader, whether it's a CEO or the head of the division, has a role to play in ensuring people understand the, the full, the end-to-end, the enterprise-wide goals. Yeah, absolutely, Laura. And in, in all of your experience, what's been a real defining moment for you okay does what stands out for you in terms of really bringing all of that to life because you've you've described lots of moving pieces it really does take effort and energy um and but you know can you can you give us some examples of things that stand out for you around that uh, during my time at telstra um we had the commitment of the leadership team around investing in customer centric culture and customer experience and probably a standout moment for me was when a particular cultural change program was was designed and rolled out across all of the people leaders at Telstra at the time and this is a good few years ago um, I think seeing the aha in the eyes of all leaders that how important the experience was that customers had with us on all aspects of our business. I think that's probably been a very, very defining moment for me and has helped me in my consulting business to help bring that aha to other clients and other teams to really understand. And, you know, there's all these lovely words like walk in the shoes of your customers and all those things, but to truly get under the covers of what your customers are experiencing and many, many companies think they know that. And when we lift the hood a little bit, we realize that they, they think they know it or it's their perception, but it may not be quite the reality. So I think that's, that was probably quite a defining moment when I could see real cultural change happening before my eyes. And, and I've seen you also implement a lot of creative ways to kind of get that aha moment uh, implemented or, you know, executed on. So do you want to share some of those? Because I know that there's, uh, there's a lot of creative solutions that, that you've got in your toolkit. Do you want to share some of those? Yeah, look, a um, couple of things um, come to mind. There's, there's an exercise we do with companies to help their people understand their line of sight to customers. 
And many people will say, well, I don't face customers in my day-to-day role. I don't um, impact customers. So helping them draw the link between their work and the end customer is a great exercise we do. And you just see the lights lights go on and and the um, members of the team totally get that even though they might be in HR, finance, treasury, some billing department, some back of house team that doesn't work directly with customers, they absolutely impact customers. Um, Another really favorite activity of mine is helping leadership teams and, and team members connect personally with customers. So you can say, well, on the weekend, I'm out at the um, at the gym or a cafe and I bump into people that might be customers of the company that I work for. But that's just a bit random. So we try and um, orchestrate events or experiences where the leadership team and team members get to talk directly with customers, whether it's over the phone or in person, or today we do a lot over video. And whether that's in a small group and a, a forum where there might be 10 customers and 10 members of the team, um, or it could be one-on-one, and really listen. So we spend a lot of time on listening skills um, and that connection, that personal connection, which generates the stories. It generates team members telling other team members about customer X or customer Y and what I learned and what they said and what we do, and it becomes a little bit more personal. And that's super important in cultural change. It, it's one of the elements of, of cultural change uh, in terms of our the, you know, cultural web map uh, is the stories that people tell. And, and really, you've, you've got to replace stories with new stories that are more aligned to the, to the strategy. So that's a really great way of doing it. And, you know, I know that a lot of, for example, executives may never talk to customers otherwise because they're uh, they're not in uh, the daily routine of talking to customers. So it really does make it personal, doesn't it, Laura? It's it's that making it re- real, that impact they feel it. Absolutely, and um, I do think that some of executives in some companies will, from time to time, engage with customers, but it shouldn't be a special event and it should be part of the operating rhythm it should be part of the way we work here is we do interact with customers i think when you're very far removed it is on hearsay or it's your intuition but it's not real yeah absolutely and and are there any lessons learned laura in terms of in your experience perhaps things you've tried that haven't worked as well as you intended, or maybe there's some things that you're doing differently now just because there's um, new expectations around that customers have because of, for example, we are in, um, we've just had a pandemic. Yeah, so one of the things I've learned over the years is you can't do things to people, you have to do things with people. So I'd say the lesson learned, there's so many lessons learned, Josephine, to be honest, but one of them is... Um, <laughs> you know, truly bringing people on the journey, um, truly engaging with people to have them feel the ownership of an improvement. And frontline people, folks who are working in stores, in contact centers, who deal with customers day in, day out, I call those the real people. They really have a lot of the answers. And if you're going to roll out change that impacts them, you've got to involve them in designing the change and really get their input, not tick a box, not say they were present in a workshop, but truly engage them. So I think that's probably one lesson of 
overdo the engagement. That doesn't mean you do it for months and months and don't make decisions, but absolutely engage your people on the journey. Um, and I think um, the other thing in, in our post-COVID world um, customer expectations have absolutely changed. So thinking that what you were planning to do two or three years ago is going to work this year and next year is probably um, not quite right. And it's a great opportunity to really, maybe maybe it's to industrialize the changes that many companies have made very much on the fly during COVID. An example I'd share is um, one of the big parking companies, parking lots, um, where you used to have a monthly car park, but of course nobody's going into the cities or to your workplaces every day during a month. Um, And they developed a, you could buy a pack of 10, which I thought was an awesome response during COVID. But they did it so quickly that their systems behind it weren't very robust. So of course, um, if you needed to change something, if you needed a, even if you needed a, a, a receipt for it, the system wasn't generating any of that. But of course, you could still park, which was the main game. So I think there's quite a bit of cleanup that a number of companies need to do to be sure that the systems changes and the quick digital um, environments that they created are robust and sustainable. That's a really good point because the assumption here is that things are moving forward, not back. And, you know, when we look at global survey data of CEOs, they are are more likely to say they want people to come back to the office in the way that they were coming back, you know, in the way that they were using offices before. But the majority of the global workforce is saying, no, we want things to go forward in the way that we've experienced that flexibility, more work from home. We're happy to come in perhaps for certain activities to the office, but definitely um, things have changed. So that that's a good point, Laura. There's There are things that perhaps organizations were very responsive about but now they've got to make those scalable and then and and create systems that are beautiful and seamless for customers because that's what customers expect right i think that that's right and look many of us have done a lot more online shopping than we ever did before and um, let's face it the amazon experience of ordering today and it arrives tomorrow is almost something we now expect of all companies right so you expect the tracking capabilities you expect things to be delivered quickly you expect responses quickly and we expect that from every industry now so i do think that the transformations and the changes that many companies will be facing over the coming um, months and, and years is to lift their entire customer experience to match industries they never thought were their competitors that's fabulous, Laura. Well, look, on that point, on that future note, we might end the conversation here. Thank you so much, Laura, for coming to Gears Action Growth and sharing your insights and your experience. Um, I'd love to have you back just to talk about some of the, these things in, in some detail and perhaps um, look at a case study if you wouldn't mind doing that, because I think um, some people would be really interested in that. So would be really um, welcome to come back again, Laura. It was an absolute pleasure being with you here today, Josephine. Thank you so much and all the best. Thank you, Laura. Thank you so much. And bye, everybody. Bye.